Look, let's face it, everyone likes to be in control, no matter what they say. But there are some people who deal with uncertainty better than others. So if you're the type of person who has a lot of trouble letting go, who needs things to go exactly their way, and is starting to realize that that might be a little unhealthy for you, then this episode is a must listen. Stay tuned. If there's anything I've learned from my time caring for the seriously ill, it's to appreciate the extraordinary gift of this thing we call life. Hi, I'm Dr. Kathy Zhang, palliative care physician, author, and speaker. And my goal is to bring the clarity, purpose, and meaning often found at the end of life to help you live your best and most fulfilling existence now. I truly believe everyone on this planet has a purpose, and it's my mission to help you filter out the noise and discover yours. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to another week, another episode of The Purpose Filter. So this week I wanted to talk a little bit about control, which is something I've been thinking about a lot over the past two years. And it kind of came up because One of my friends was texting with me. She's saying that she's been listening to the podcast and, you know, I was asking her if there were any topics that she was struggling with and she mentioned control. And by the way, if you have something you're struggling with, you want to hear a podcast episode about it, or you just want to talk about something, DM me on Instagram. I'm always looking to help you guys with more content, more episodes. And I want to record things that are going to help you out. And thank you so much to the people who've been leaving ratings and writing reviews. It means honestly, like so much to me, you have no idea. And it helps get the word out about this podcast so it can reach more people, help them in their time of need. And as the show grows, so can we, and hopefully we can get like big name guests and have access to resources that we might not otherwise, the whole shebang. So again, super, super grateful for all of you who take the time to tune in and listen and then take even more time to like write some feedback and tell me that you're being helped by this. It really honestly is just like so amazing to me. So thank you. So my friend was mentioning that she was feeling overwhelmed a lot. And she said, and I was like, well, what do you think is one of the reasons why you feel that way? And she said, quote, my inability to stop needing control. And I resonate with this so much because I am a very similar person. I'm type A. I used to think that I wasn't type A because I was like, I'm not like those people. And then my friend Uh, a different friend told me, she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. of course you're chill when you're in control. And I was like, ah, touche. So yeah, this is something I've really, really been thinking about a lot over the past couple of years. And one of the things that I think really influences people like us, and when I say like us, I mean, people who are in professions or careers where we have to exude and a lot of control in a sense. We have to exude isn't the right word. I would say we have to have a lot of control over various aspects of our jobs, right? And there are 
metrics, there are protocols, there are, let's say, time-sensitive items in all industries across all sectors, and not just healthcare, right? In, let's say, engineering, if you make the wrong calculations, buildings can crumble, right? In accounting, if you execute the wrong formula, you input the wrong numbers, whatever it is, that's millions of dollars gone, potentially, people's livelihoods, et cetera. Air traffic control. I mean, I I don't have to spell that out for you, right? And I don't know as much about those fields, but in healthcare, for example, one of the things that always strikes me is correcting for low sodium. So hyponatremia, it's the kind of technical term for it, low sodium levels. If you try to overcorrect it too quickly, meaning you try to raise the sodium levels to a normal value too quickly, then you run the risk of something called central pontine demyelination, which is a fancy technical term for the neurons losing some myelin covering, et cetera. And that can cause a lot of different side effects, but in severe cases, and the most feared kind of consequence is this thing called locked-in syndrome, which if you've ever read or watched the movie, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly, it's like you are locked in, meaning the only thing that can move in your body are your eye muscles. And you have full faculty, full awareness, and it's just like the most terrifying thing that most of us can can ever imagine. And so when we're correcting sodium, it's just like, oh my God, you can't overcorrect it or you run the risk of subjecting this patient to a life that is presumably incredibly scary and terrifying, right? And it's not just that in medicine, like medications, like immunosuppression drugs or seizure medicines or all these things have very narrow windows, very narrow levels where you have to keep the medication level within a certain parameter. Otherwise you run the risk of too low and they have breakthrough seizures or they're, you know, they end up having issues with their transplant organ or too high. And then you have consequences of all that stuff. And in the outpatient side, right, we control blood sugars, we control blood pressures, we control when they go for colonoscopies and when patients have to go for cancer screenings. And we do this so well in our jobs that we expect that we can replicate that in every single aspect of our life outside of medicine, outside of our careers, right? With our partners, with our family members, with our friends, kids, with our in-laws, our siblings, or even strangers, right? And let's be honest, we're not really even in control in medicine a lot of the time. Plenty of patients don't take their medicines. They don't show up for appointments. They get sick despite everything that we do and that they do as well. People's organs fail despite all the critical care and the advances in modern technology. And yet we are so surprised that we fall apart when shit hits the fan right? Like, of course, we are going to have terrible coping skills when it comes to not being in control. They don't teach us that during school or during training, how to deal with uncertainty, how to be flexible, how to pivot when our lives don't go according to a quote-unquote plan. 
when we're not in control, right? And so if you're like me, it's fucking exhausting, honestly, isn't it? Like I, I look back sometimes because, you know, I've had to do a lot of work, therapy, coaching, all this stuff to really let go of my need. And it was a need and it still is a need in many instances. I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Right. But in, in many ways, it was almost like I was trying to shoulder the burden or take personal responsibility for everything that's gone on in the world, thinking that I could control everything else beyond me. Right. Like, for example, with the pandemic, I mean, talk about losing control. Everything was turned upside down. And for so many of us, myself included at the beginning, It was just like, oh my God, if only everyone would just do what they needed to do, if we could all just comply by the rules or get vaccinated and wear masks and not do all these things, then et cetera, et cetera, everything would be fine. We'd go back to normal, uh, you know, et cetera. And you realize that as much as we wish that people would be able to do these things, we cannot control them. We can't control other people right? And it just makes us angrier and more frustrated. And who does that help? Our anger and frustration doesn't make someone do what we want them to do, does it? It's only purpose. It only serves to make us feel worse. So what can we do? One of the things that we can do, and it is one of the hardest things for people like me, like you, who, if you're a control freak, it's the hardest thing to do, which is to let go, right? You ever get to like a store and you're at the door and you keep pulling on the door and you're just like, why won't this door open? And you realize, oh shit, it's actually a push, right? Or you ever see those um, Chinese finger traps where it's like a woven kind of thing and you stick your fingers inside one on each end and you try to kind of release yourself from the finger trap and you keep pulling, right? And the more that you pull, the tighter that it gets. We pull tighter and grip harder, hoping that we're going to get the results that we want. That, oh gosh, if I just try to control everything even more, then everything's going to be okay. Then I'll be happy. And then I'll have peace. Or, you know, it's that scene in Squid Game. I don't know if you watched it, but in the tug of war scene, and if you haven't watched it, this might be a spoiler, so you might want to skip ahead 30 seconds, maybe a minute. But in the tug of war scene, they're pulling, they're pulling, they're pulling, and they're losing, right? The main characters, they're losing. And it isn't until they all decide to take a step forward, to give in a little bit, to relax a little bit, just a little, and then the other team loses their balance and then they're able to regain control and then win the tug of war game. In reality, sometimes that's exactly what we need to do. We need to give in a little and sometimes we need to give in a lot. Let's be honest. We need to relax a lot and give up that control. And it's not necessarily totally giving up control because there are some things that we can control, but I want you to consider this 
journal entry from Liz Gilbert, the writer. She posted this on her social media, I think a couple years ago. She wrote, quote, you are afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control. All you had was anxiety, end quote. And the first time I saw that, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Like, it's just kind of one of those quotes that makes you sit back and go, oh, fuck. This is how I've been operating my entire life. Right? You cannot control other people. We cannot do that. We only have influence over other people. The only thing that we can control is ourselves. And that's probably what you're going to be asking. You're like, you know what? Hey, I'm a control freak. I cannot not control things. How do I let go? How do I, what can I control? And that's something that we can talk about in the next episode is shifting to things that are within your control. And really it is all about your own personal life your own reactions, your own thoughts, your own beliefs, your own physical state, all of that stuff. And I got to tell you, it is so, so liberating. If you like to be in control, to realize like, oh, there is something I can totally control and it's me. And then you go, okay, sign me up. How do I do it? I got to learn. And once you realize that you can you know, you can unclench your butt cheeks, (laughs) you can relax your sphincter and then just like get to work and do the work. (laughs) And it's true because we go through life just thinking that this is the way because we have only known control within our studies, within our jobs. And it gets us far in many, many ways, but we always forget the harmful side of it, the stress that it puts upon us, wanting to have everything be in place and then freaking out when it's not. And one of the things that people ask me all the time is, how do you do what you do? Right? How do you go to work, constantly being surrounded by people who are really sick, who are seriously and terminally ill, who have really high emotional states, whether it's sadness or depression, or they're crying or screaming, or they're really, really angry. And one of the ways is I am constantly redefining my relationship with control. And I've had to learn that the hard way. And I'll share that in forthcoming episodes because honestly, what am I supposed to do? I can't control whether their cancer spreads or the treatment stop working or their body becomes too weak and they fall or they have dementia or they lose consciousness and they can't express themselves anymore and their families are forced to make medical decisions for them, I can't control it any more than these patients and their families can control it. The best that I can do, the best that we can all do, 
is to support each other, is to be present, is to help however we can to alleviate their pain, to ease any suffering, to hold their hand or give them hugs. (laughs) I have a patient right now who is from West Africa and she's got such a lovely accent that I hope I, I don't butcher, but she's like, I like to give hugs. I love hugs. I am a hugger. Okay. That was terrible. I'm very sorry to any West Africans here, (laughs) but she just has this lovely, lovely demeanor. And I, she just wants to hug after every interaction. I'm like, oh, you're just, you know, I'm trying to stay objective and sometimes, but you know, you can't, we're just human, right? Some patients just touch us in different ways emotionally and that sort of thing. But that's what I hope to leave you with today is we cannot expect ourselves to be in control all the time. It's unrealistic. It is nonsensical, to be honest. And the best that we can do is to find ways to try to let that go. And it's not going to be easy. It's not a light switch. You can't really just flick it on and off. It's got to take work. It takes self-awareness. It takes investment in yourself, in your personal development, in finding a therapist, in getting coaching, which is what I did and you know what I'm what I'm doing for other people too. And it's the best investment that you're ever going to make because once you change your relationship with control, once you change your relationship and your perspective of the outside world around you, that's when growth happens. That's when the magic happens. That's when you're like, I am a different person now than when I was, when I started this journey, than when I was a year ago, six months ago, even a few weeks ago. That's when you're able to look deeply within yourself and be like, holy crap, this is, this makes sense. This works. There's a reason why people do this because now I can cope better. Now I can sleep easier. Now I can breathe deeper. Now I feel more at peace because I'm not constantly struggling and fighting against what is versus what I expect it to be. When you can accept what is happening around you, and then build those skills to pivot, to change, to be flexible with whatever life throws at you. That's the most exciting thing about this. So tune in next week. This is just kind of the preamble talking about some of the factors that play into why we feel this deep yearning and need and desire for control. And then next week, we're going to talk about some of the things that you can actually control. And that is all within our own realm of this locus, this focus of command or self-regulation or our own personal dominion kind of thing. So have a wonderful week. Please, please take stock of what in your life you are trying to control at this point that you actually have very little influence over, if any.
And then ask yourself, why are you trying to do that? Because if you start asking yourself these questions, you're going to come up with answers that might surprise you. And usually it has to do with making up for some sort of other inadequacy in our life. And we're going to talk all about that in the next episode. So stay tuned for part two. And as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. See you next week. That was our show for today. Thank you so much for allowing us to spend some time together. If you like what you heard and you haven't already, please share with a friend, subscribe, rate, and write a review. You can follow us on Instagram at PurposeFilter and on our website, PurposeFilter.com. Join me next time for another episode. And thanks for listening.